0: Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books, from fiction to self-help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's the And now let the show begin.
1: Hi, this is The Authors Show, and I'm your host, Linda Thompson. Before I introduce our guest, just a quick reminder that selected interviews are available in our iPhone app, which can be downloaded in the App Store as well as on TV on the Roku channel and Amazon Fire TV. Our app name on all platforms is The Authors Show. The Smooth River is the remarkable story of how a well-known public relations expert and her husband met her stage four pancreatic cancer head on. Our guest is Richard Cohen, and he's here to share more about his journey during his wife, Marsha's last days with cancer. Richard, welcome to the author's show.
0: Linda, I'm honored to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Richard, will you please give us a quick overview of the Smooth River, finding inspiration and exquisite beauty during terminal illness lessons from the front line? Sure.
0: The day after Labor Day in 2019, it was September 3rd, 2019, my wife, a well-known crisis management public relations expert, was diagnosed with a CT scan of stage four pancreatic cancer. There is no... Reliable diagnostic for pancreatic cancer. And most patients discover they have it only when it's in stage four, meaning it has metastasized to other organs and is not operable, meaning no surgery is available and there are limited treatments. The median survival is three to six months. I wrote the book because we were constantly told by doctors and nurses that the way we were managing Marsha's pancreatic cancer experience was far more uplifting than the norm. And after Marsha passed, doctors and nurses encouraged me to write a book to help other people. And that's what I did. The book is not a a memoir, nor is it a how-to book. It's only meant to help other people, bringing them into the trench with us on how we handle this experience. It's more of a case study to derive important life lessons that readers can adapt to their own circumstances.
1: Very interesting. So it must have been a really emotional journey to write your book, Richard. Was it cathartic? Yes, it was cathartic, but
0: again, it's not a vanity thing. Marsh's professional life was representing celebrities, famous sports figures, corporations, universities, private schools and nonprofits in crisis. And for them. She always found the calm within the storm. So after a three or four days of being in free fall, being in helter-skelter land before we saw any oncologists, Marsha did what she always did and found the calm within the storm within her own crisis. And there was a fork in the road. And the fork in the road was one way was to succumb by the tsunami experience. And the other way is to take a deep breath and understand that bad things happen in life that life is finite and there are realities to it. And that's the road we took. So when writing the book, it was cathartic, but I was constantly mindful of the reader's experience. My only motivation was to help other people. These are patients, these are their loved ones, their doctors and their nurses, and everybody else touched by cancer or serious illness, or frankly, any other condition or a serious problem, even a divorce or other non-medical problem.
1: Did Marcia know that you were thinking about writing a book about your journey together?
0: Not at all. Although we, we did a lot of projects during her life to create legacies, which she knew about, and we fast forwarded them so that she could experience how we were going to take advantage of the legacies she left behind. I only had a thought about writing the book when I visited the curated private affinity groups for stage four pancreatic cancer, loss of a spouse, terminal illness, metastatic cancer, breast cancer, et cetera. And I saw the deep pain and the anxiety and the feeling of loss of the participants in those rooms. And I felt I had something to say, something to offer. That wasn't magic, but it was this soft acclamation to life's finite nature, i.e. reality. And that's why I wrote the book.
1: Who do you think would be the ideal reader for The Smooth River?
0: Well, I think anybody touched by cancer or serious illness is a likely audience, but it's not just patients and their loved ones. I talk in the book about, you know, massive societal problem that patients and doctors have an aversion for recognizing or coming to terms with and discussing end of life. And what happens is that patients are put on surgical or chemo tracks, which oftentimes do more harm than good and get surprised at the end.
1: Will you please tell us a bit about the meaning of your book title?
0: During the course of Marsh's illness, the term smooth river just blurted out of my mouth as the code messaging to doctors and nurses describing how we wanted Marcia to be treated. We wanted Marsha to be treated, not in helter-skelter, not in crisis, not to fear every negative test, but we wanted calm. So it was code for the doctors, but it was a modifier describing our entire experience during her illness.
1: Richard, what were the biggest challenges while coordinating every step of Marsha's care? You say that you uh, approached it differently. In what manner?
0: It, it was a crisis period. You know, as I mentioned, the median life expectancy is under six months. This is what Alex Trebek died of. It was fast forwarding a life plan and a medical plan and trying to invest every day with meaning, finding the, I call the miracles of the mundane, building projects, trips. We established a small family foundation during this time and also motivating our doctors to treat us with candor. That we can handle it. Don't hide things from us and don't and treat Marcia like a full patient, not just treating the thing, the tumor. It was an array of complicated dynamics that had to be calmed, tamed, and you know, the river made smooth.
1: I can well imagine that you ran across a few in the medical profession that fought you every step of the way. What would you tell others experiencing the same challenges?
0: I wouldn't say fought. My motivation is to almost lovingly to help doctors see the entire patient and be able to address end-of-life matters with them. I think a pervasive problem in medicine is that doctors are put under amazing time pressure to see more and more patients and they have a lesser amount of time to do that. Consequently, patients can be treated on an assembly line and impersonally. My message is to look a patient in the eye and treat the patient as you would want to be treated as a patient. So it's quality of time relating to the entire patient, not just the thing. And it's not quantity of time. It's opening up and speaking heart to heart with the
1: patient. I like that. Your subtitle talks about finding inspiration and beauty during a terminal illness. Will you explain that for us? It's
0: a juxtaposition. Because again, the societal problem, you mentioned terminal illness or stage four pancreatic cancer, the reflex reaction is to go into freefall, into anxiety. I juxtapose the smooth river, and it's the whole point of the book, the subtitle, Finding Inspiration and Exquisite Beauty During Terminal Illness, lessons from the front line to jar people, to have them understand that this is not going to be a helter-skelter reading experience. It was not a helter-skelter experience for us. We had to train our doctors. We had our guide, our loved ones and people surrounding us that we were okay. Marsha did not want to be treated as a tragedy. She wanted to be treated as her life being full. She wanted to be defined by the entirety of her life and not by the way she died. It was too early, but She felt her life was full, and we wanted to convey that to everybody around us, including the doctors and now the readers, to apply that to their own circumstances. It was meant to be an inspiration.
1: We've all heard of alternative treatments for cancer. Did Marcia try any of those, and did anything help?
0: Stage 4 pancreatic cancer is extraordinarily limited in treatments. We took the mainstay standard of care, heavy-duty, high-octane chemos. None of it worked. There are two of them. Each of them only have a 20 to 30% chance of working. So we did that. Our oncologist got an investigational drug given to us on a compassionate use basis, whereby I had to pinch Marcia's thighs and stomach and legs and arms to give her subcutaneous shots morning and night. And you know, I did some off the chart things all within the oncologist's supervision. One of them was This Googling and finding a dog dewarmer, this helps to rid dogs of gut parasites. We found the human form of this and had our doctor and a CVS pharmacist work out the dosages and we gave Marsha that. You know, we were off the road here, but everything under our oncologist supervision, we did integrative medicine as well. And I do want to plug a discipline called palliative medicine that treats patient comfort the entire patient and not just the thing, the cancer. We had a wonderful experience with palliative medicine doctors in regard to pain management.
1: I'm just absolutely speechless here. So um, my next question is something that I want to know. And that is during this whole thing, did you have a medical background or how did you come up with all of these different ideas?
0: Professionally, I'm a merger advisor for medical device and diagnostic companies. Uh I'm dealing with corporations, but also with doctors. We call them KOLs, key opinion leaders. So I'm in the trench forming mergers between two corporations and based upon the clinical efficacy of a medical device or diagnostic piece of equipment or test. So I am dealing with doctors all the time. It was just useful to be in the medical profession, but also useful because my world is transactional, dealing with a lot of complex material that I have to coordinate, bring, tie up loose ends, have incredibly important people skills because I'm the intermediary, like a house broker, and I have to calm everything down transactionally. Marcia too was a public relations expert and knew how to find the calm within the storm for her famous clients. So we both had jobs that were transactionally based, people management based, clarity based, and we we just couldn't deal with clutter. And Marsha represented the major hospitals in times of crisis. All of that helped to form the Smooth River approach that we took.
1: I believe I read someplace that the Smooth River has won at least one award. Will you share a little bit about that with us?
0: was fortunate enough to receive some great accolades from, you know, leading literary organizations, less so for me personally, or as a vanity thing, but more so for the benefit of readers and patients and helping other people. Kirkus Reviews, two weeks ago, named The Smooth River one of the best indie books of 2021. And I believe there might be some other organizations that will provide, shed some light on Smooth River as being a worthwhile book and experience for readers.
1: Richard, will you please read a short excerpt from The Smooth River for our listeners?
0: Sure. This is from chapter two. It's entitled, The Attitude That Is Everything, The Smooth River. Attitude is everything, but the attitude Marsha and I adopted was very different than the conventional fight the cancer mode that is prominent in our culture. We were not going to let distorted notions define whether we won or lost, whether we were successful or not. No matter what, after gaining a good understanding of our medical options and exercising thoughtful decision-making, our experience would be on our terms. This approach formed the headwaters of the smooth river. They would quickly advance from streamlit strands of thought into the mature, more potent flow of an all-encompassing perspective as we progress through Marsha's illness. It is shocking to hear a diagnosis of stage 4 pancreatic cancer, one of the worst possible cancers with the shortest time for survival. We knew instantly our lives would radically change, and we would enter a turbulent world where all the bearings that are part of a normal life were no longer there. While it took some time to absorb the shock and adjust to our new world, we reached an understanding that whatever came along, we would not accept freefall. This was not our nature. We wanted order, not chaos. We wanted some element of control, certainly how we saw things. We wanted to maintain the integrity, discipline, and thinking that had always shaped our lives. We did not want to be subjected to cliches, pressures, or pity, the banal expectation that society applies to those with cancer especially terminal cancer. We sought out and took advice from the best medical experts we could find, but not blindly. Being a crisis management expert, Marcia did what she always did. She digested the information and resources we both gathered and with my help intuitively devised a way of evaluating her disease, managing it with all reasonable measures and living with it all in the broader context of her entire life. We sought candid assessments about her prognosis and life expectancy and unpack the nuanced responses doctors gave us and sought to balance optimism and realism. We wanted unvarnished information so we could develop our own response and make our own decisions on a sensible and sound basis.
1: Richard, where can we learn more about you and where can we purchase The Smooth River?
0: There's a website, smoothriver.org. And on the website, there's all sorts of information about the book and resources about healthcare and terminal illness. There is also indications where the book can be purchased, principally at Amazon, but also at Barnes& Noble and of uh, bookstores, as noted on Smoothriver.org.
1: We've been talking with Richard S. Cohen, author of "The Smooth River: Finding Inspiration and Exquisite Beauty during Terminal Illness Lessons from the front line. Richard, thank you for sharing your message with us today. I will admit I cried a few tears while researching for our session. And as someone who has lost loved ones, I can say that your message is so very important to everyone. Thank you again for an important resource.
0: Linda, thanks for having me and help to propagating this important message.
1: One reviewer wrote, this is a beautiful, heartfelt, and heartwarming tale of how to live and die with grace all the while maintaining a sense of humanity for oneself and for all those one comes in contact with. This beautiful written account of Richard and Marsh's 160-day final journey together gives true meaning to the adage of while pain may be inevitable, suffering is optional. If you or anyone you know is going through even some of this couple's experience, Richard's book may help. To order your copy, go to smoothriver.org, that's dot- Org And when you finish, don't forget to post a review. And please share this interview with your friends so that they too may become acquainted with their author. And remember, The Author Show may be accessed at any time at theauthorshow.com. Plus, selected interviews can also be found on major platforms such as Amazon Fire TV, the Roku Channel, Google Podcasts, Pandora, Amazon Music, and many more. Whether you're an author who would like to be featured or a reader in search of new books, theauthorshow.com is a really great place to start.
0: Thanks for listening to the Author Show. Find out more about authors and their work at the authorshow.com. Theauthorshow.com. Tune in next time to another great author on the Author Show.